So I heard some funny audio <laughs> on Hale Varsity this week. I don't know if you caught it, but it just about slayed me. Um, just some Texas-related stuff. Because, of course, the president of Texas has been sitting in the legislature this last week and catching hell for leaving for the SEC. And this is one of the legislators giving him some crap. What's your athletic budget? It's over $200 million. It's probably 220 225 in that range. Where does that put you in the U.S.? Uh, depending on the, how you count, probably first. And that's without a winning football team of late. It's in, in spite of our, in spite of our football team. We, we've been winning, just not like we like to win. Three and seven against the Horn Frogs. Um, <laughs> so um, maybe your fan base would rather lose to Alabama than TCU. So. <laughs> that is absolutely my favorite piece of audio I've heard in like a year. I guess oh, you would man. prefer to lose against Alabama. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they'll still cash bigger checks, so I guess they figured that part out. Well, yeah, uh, and then depends on anyway. how you count it, though, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. you got to bend over for it this time instead of bending other people like Texas is <laughs> want to do. Anyway, oh, I suppose stuff. we should get going, huh? Yeah, let's roll. <laughs> Two generations. One passion. This is Generation Red. Welcome back, Husker fans, to another episode of Generation Red, the kettle corn of Husker fan podcast, where we do our best to stay sweet, but at times we can be salty. I have no salt references for you today, so I'm just Ken, your host. And I'm your other host, Scott. And tonight, we are going to talk about the upcoming season. We're going to take a look at some players, players that we want to watch and players that we're curious to watch this year. And then we will finish up, of course, with another fun fact segment that just might make you a little bit, well, hungry, for lack of a better term. And uh, let's see here, before we do any of all that, of course, I am not podcasting from home. I am in the very closed confines of my truck in behind enemy lines in Wisconsin, Scott is sitting in that holy Husker city that we all love so much. And uh, next week, we weren't planning to do another podcast until after Illinois, but next week we have the pleasure and, quite frankly, the honor of being part of the Husker Cast. I don't know if any of you have ever listened to that podcast, but I highly recommend it. They have a great family dynamic much like we do. They have a lot of fun talking Husker football, and we happen to connect with each other over the last week, and we have decided that a crossover episode is something we'd like to do. So I'm really looking forward to it. What do you think, Scott? Are you looking forward to talking to somebody besides me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to the Husker Cuz cast. Um, my father recommended for me to check them out uh, maybe a month ago or so. And checked them out, and yeah, about that. they have they have really great continuity between each other. They have good contrast of opinions that I just love. You know, they're not all in agreement at any given moment, uh, which is just honestly that's what we need as Husker fans. We need a disagreeable conversations at, at times, and they do a really really good job of of doing that. And so I actually look forward to having this conversation with them. And yeah, shout out to them for uh, actually agreeing to doing a collaborative episode. So I look forward to it, man. Absolutely. So if you haven't heard the Husker Cuzcast, please look them up on any podcast app. If you found us on the app you listen to, you'll find them. So just search for Husker, Husker Cuzcast. Anyway, that pretty much is the housekeeping part of the show. Let's get into the main topic. All right, Husker fans, so in this episode, we are going to preview uh, players that we are looking forward to seeing this season. We have 
two separate kind of categories at which we are going to address each player position. Mostly uh, it's going to be players that we are, are watching, players that we are watching that we think are going to have a great season um, that we are just going to pay yep. close attention to. And then we have players that we are curious about. They might not be on the projected starter roster list sometimes, or maybe they are freshmen, who knows, but we're curious about them. So we have our watch and our curious uh, sections of of player um, analysis. So first we're going to start with defense, and I guess we're going to start on the defensive line. Um, for me personally, the player that I am watching that I think is going to have a great season this year would be Ben Stilley. Um, I think that Husker Nation can all unanimously agree that Ben Stilley has a really, really high ce- uh, ceiling this year. Um, mm-hmm. I know that he has been through the ups and downs of being on this Husker team, and I am just really excited to see what kind of dominance that he can that he can uh, acquire this year. Um, not much else to say about Ben Stilley, but he just looks like a force that that is to be reckoned with. And um, I am just, well, I guess I'm curious, but mostly I'm going to be watching him this year. Um, But then on the defensive line, who I'm curious to see is going to be uh, the polar bear um, at Nush, Nush, Nush Hashmaker. Nash Hashmaker. Um, (laughs) Not the first one to do that. (laughs) Nash Hutmacher from South Dakota. He's a freshman this year. And I just am curious to see at 6'4", 325 pounds, if he can find himself in a rotation um, mm-hmm. and can be a presence. Uh, I mean, homeboy is just – shoot, uh, this is off the top of my head. Isn't he like in the top percentile of, of squat weight? Like he is like the top – one of the top squatters on our on our team right now. I think he's set the new – school record but i don't know for sure uh we'll have to we'd have to fact check that but i mean if if you're a freshman and you can squat more than the majority of your your fellow peers that in and of itself is is telling of a really high ceiling that he can achieve here and i'm just very curious to see how he can uh play out this year what do you think dad Yep, Ben Stilley is one of my two players as well, except he's on the curious side for me because I am curious. Uh, what does what does Stilly do? What does the polar bear do? Um, wow, I, I just this line is deep. I mean, just there's the, at least I know Tony Tuyoti has talked about having at least six guys that he knows he can rely on and just rotate in and out of the game without thinking twice about it, and he's hoping to develop at least two more that he knows can run out there and run the entire defense uh, from a line standpoint. Uh, so for me, the watch, the guy I'm really looking forward to watching is Damian Daniels. Um, big, mm. big kid, uh, high motor, really, really strong. He just had a problem with, well, they called him snacks for a reason. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he's, uh, I think he's kind of, I think he's shed like 20, 25 pounds uh, since the end of last season. So I'm really curious to see what he does, or I'm looking forward to seeing what he does, and I'm curious to see uh, how many times is Stilly going to you know, ru- shove his offensive lineman straight back into the quarterback so that maybe, just maybe, we don't have to scheme so many blitzes this year. Uh, so those are my two. As far as uh, the next position back would naturally be inside linebacker, and the guy I'm really looking forward to watching, they're talking about him constantly in camp, and that's Nick Henrick. Uh, they say he's just everywhere, making all the plays. If he can stay healthy, he's uh, – Shenander, I think, has said it, and a couple other people have said it, that he's kind of got that captain of the defense kind of mentality. Uh, so he's a leader. And uh, the other guy I really want to watch is Chris Kalarevic at, at uh, inside backer, especially with the loss of Will Honus, which absolutely breaks my heart. Uh, he, I mm, thought he was poised yeah. to have a – have a huge year, but Kolarevic's going to play with a chip on his shoulder. He's mentioned it numerous times. He doesn't like the fact that nobody, including Nebraska, 
offered him a scholarship. So I think he's going to play pissed off all year and um, be pretty interchangeable with the rest of the guys, like one of the guys on your list. So how about that inside linebacker position for you? Yeah, I completely agree with your watch and curious. You and I had discussed previously, uh, or I guess before we recorded, uh, how hard it was for us to kind of decide who we were excited about in the inside linebacker Mm -hmm. position. Um, For me, the person that I am going to be watching this year is going to be Luke Reimer. And yes, what you said with Kalervik, um, that he's got a chip on his shoulder um, because, yeah, he didn't get very many scholarship offers. Um, or did he even get any, I don't even know. He was, he was definitely a very underrated player coming out of North star in Lincoln, yep. Nebraska. And preferred walk on, if I remember right. And then he got a scholarship yeah. after his first year. Yep. Yeah. I think that he's, uh, I think he's got a, a really good potential to be a very mm-hmm. recognizable name in the Nebraska defensive lineup here pretty soon. And who I am curious about is going to be uh, Mauga Clements. Mauga Clements. Um, I know we got a, just a bunch of bunch of fun, um, intricate names on our on our roster at any given moment. A few um, hyphens out there. Yes, uh, I was. I've I've been very very curious about Mauga Clements since he arrived on campus. Um, I mean, shoot. I almost had the opportunity of of meeting him when he, um, Logan Smothers, and one other guy that I can't remember were supposed to uh, stay at my cousin's Airbnb that I manage. Um, But unfortunately, because Mm. of COVID restrictions, it was a shared house situation, and um, they weren't able to stay, unfortunately. So I was, I think it was, I was an kind offensive of bummed out. Lineman, wasn't it? Wasn't the offensive line? It was an offensive lineman. That was the other guy. I think you're right. I think you're right. I need to. I Another need to, freshman or a sophomore or something. Yes, um, I would need to look this up. Like but, Turner Corcoran. Or oh yes, like that. it was Turner Corcoran. It was Turner Corcoran, Malga Clements, and yep. yeah. Um, so kind of bummed out about that, but I'm really curious to see. He's a junior. Um, he hasn't mm-hmm. really, uh, played all that much. Um, he's been in quite a few games, but not in any sort of starting lineup kind of position, but I think he, I, I'm just curious to see if he can be more of a presence this year. Um, and that kind of, that kind of, I mean, we've just got so many names to choose from. I'm also curious about <laughs> Randolph Kapai and, and whatnot, but yeah, I am sure. bummed out about Will Honus, man. That is just a complete and total uh, bummer. I think he would have, as a senior, I think he would have definitely been um, up in the in the lower round draft pick. I mean, he just, oh man, it's just such a bummer. But I suppose yeah. we'll move to the uh, outside linebacker position. And for me, on my watch list, who I'm looking forward to watching this year is going to be Jojo Doman. I think that can be synonymously uh, agreed across Husker Nation that JoJo Doman is going to have a good year this year if he can stay healthy. Um, He's just a freaking cannon, um, has a presence on the field, uh, and is just incredibly incredibly dominant. Um, So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do this year. And with my curious, who I'm curious about, is going to be Garrett Nelson. Nebraska boy freaking <laughs> has such an extroverted personality, very well articulated, and I'm just curious to see if he can not only run at 100% at any given moment, 200 miles per hour, but he can also be where he's supposed to be and maybe tackle with a little bit more right. discipline so he isn't giving us flags uh, <laughs> left and right. But honestly, <laughs> that's what um, – that's what uh, – um, Charlie McBride would recommend is like, you better, if you're going to get in trouble, you better be getting, you better be getting in trouble running at a hundred miles per hour. So, um, I'm looking Absolutely. forward to see what, what Garrett Nelson can, uh, provide for our team this year. And dad, what are you looking forward to in our outside linebacker position? Well, it's going to be weird. I'm not going to be, it's going to be hard to pick out who the hell Nelson is. Cause he chopped off that mullet this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
So I I always looked and said, okay, that's Nelson. And I never paid attention to his number. Um, For me, outside linebacker, the guy to watch uh, for me is Caleb Tanner. I think this is the year that he really needs to make a jump. So I'm really, I'm I'm watching for him to do that. And and there's a reason why I think, um, and I'm really curious about Blaze Gunnarsson. I think the kid is just fast, mean, nasty. He's got a nasty disposition to him. Um, and I think one of the reasons outside linebacker for me on the defense is a position to watch as a whole is because this is going to be the first full year that all of them have gotten the ability to be coached by Coach Dawson. Because, yes. uh, you know, he was in, he was, he coached for the New York Giants in 2019 after he was our defensive line coach when Frost first arrived in 2018. So he goes to the Giants, he comes back in 2020. Pandemic hits. They didn't get to do any other than two practices. He didn't really work with them in the spring. Everything was over Zoom. They had, what, 10 fall practices before they started that shortened season last year. So they really didn't get the full benefit of the tutelage that he brings to the position. That's why I want to watch Caleb Tanner, because I think he's going to make a huge jump just because of who his coach is. And I think Blaze Gunnarsson's going to play, and it's going to be fun to watch. So... Uh, let's see here. Cornerback, I think is our next position. Yes, and, uh, I'm looking forward to watching Quentin. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him fight to keep his position. Cause I think he's going to have to all year long. And I think he's got the fight in him to do it, but I'm curious about the guy that's probably going to line up behind him and <laughs> Tyreek Johnson as to whether he can play well enough to take that spot from Q. So that's going to be a fun fun uh, position battle to watch throughout the rest of fall as well as going into the season because it's it's what what uh coach says gosh darn it travis fisher he says nobody everybody has to re-earn their starting job every day when they come to practice including during the season just because you have a black shirt doesn't mean you get to keep it so q and and Quentin and Tyler or Tyreek, they're going to be battling all year. And I'm looking forward to watching that because I think it's going to make that position on the field that much better. I completely agree with that take. Um, I am curious to see how that battle um, results. I'm, I'm very curious to see how it, how it, it turns out. Um, who I am looking forward to watching this year is a possible first round draft pick and Cam yep. Taylor Britt. Um, Oh, excuse me. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, I haven't even drank any any sort of carbonated uh. beverages. That's just like pure dinner dinner burp there. <laughs> um, yes, first round draft pick possible um, with Cam Taylor Britt. I think that he is going to be uh, one of those guys on our defense that is just going to make a name for himself this year nationally, um, yep. if not just an all-american um in the bit or yeah all big 10 all-american all that Mm -hmm. good stuff um i think he's just gonna be phenomenal this year and who i'm curious to see just like you i'm very curious to see how tyreek johnson plays out um one of the first five-star guys that we've had on our team and mm-hmm. i mean a decade and a half since the early 2000s i think we i think we had a i think it was a cornerback who the last five star guy that we've had been. um early 2000s if i'm remembering correctly but um yes i'm very curious to see what kind of competition that he can bring to that position group and i completely agree i think that having that level of competition within one group is going to just elevate it elevate them collectively so excuse me nice we are just on a roll today man um that was i guess i guess we're just full of you know (laughs) just making all sorts of gas um <laughs> steak and steak and bud ice what can i tell you oh buddy that's yeah so so yep uh, that's who i am i'm looking forward to watching cam taylor Britt this year and tyreek johnson what he can bring to the position group and then uh moving forward to the safety position uh who mm-hmm. i am looking forward to watching this year is going to be deontay williams I, I think that he's just going to be a freaking nightmare for for uh, for what is it wide out groups. I think he's just going to be a headhunter, 
and just go full force all the time. I mean, anytime we've watched him up to this point, he's just always working at a hundred percent all the time, just sprinting mm-hmm. from one side of the field to the other. He's where he needs to be. It's a shame that we've seen him injured um, and that we haven't get to, we haven't had the uh, honor of seeing him play a full season. So I'm very curious to see how he will uh, pan out this year. And yeah. um, I'm, I'm going to look forward to watching him. And then who I am curious about in the in the safety position is going to be Isaac Gifford. Um, he's a freshman, uh, Nebraska homeboy from Southeast in Lincoln. Uh, I think he's going to really, really put the Gifford name back on the map. Um, Luke Gifford was such a was such a prominent force in our defensive lineup <clears throat> a few years yeah. back, and I think that his little brother is going to find his way uh, up on that up on that what would it be um ooh just totally brain farted right there um i think he's just going to be a a really good um player representative of the family name yes there we go thank you um he's going to be a, a good representative of his family name here at nebraska and i'm just curious to see if he can play a, a good part on our uh on our safety safety group this year and yeah yeah what do you those think those are good those are good picks i i could see isaac as we talked about before we started started recording i could see isaac kind of jumping into that jojo doman role too where he could he could play a little bit of backer he could play a little bit of safety he could play that nickel spot there's a lot of things they can do with isaac just because he's such an incredible athlete and uh i believe he's earned a scholarship now hasn't he because he came in as a preferred walk-on i believe he's got yes. a scully now Yes, um, yes, yes. And Deontay, yeah, that dude is a human heat-seeking missile. Um, reminds me a lot of Mike Brown, if you ever get a chance to go back into the Wayback Machine in the late 90s, early 2000s, go watch Mike Brown play safety. That dude was hunting heads hardcore um, back before they didn't throw flags when you hit him in the head. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, my watch guy to watch at safety is Markel Dismuke, uh, just to see he's got an awful lot of doggone talent behind him. I mean, he's one of the super six that came back. So, you know, he's going to be on the field. Uh, but you know, he's got Noah Pola Gates behind him. He's got, you know, Miles Farmers back there itching to get out on the field after playing as well as he could have played until he got hurt with a freak injury at, um, at Purdue. Uh, so I'm really curious to see how well Markel plays. I really want to watch mm. him play. And then the the guy I'm real curious about is is Pola Gates. Does he really push for playing time this year? He's had to put on weight because he's a pretty frail kid for a safety, but, man, he likes to hit. I've seen some videos here and there that have kind of come out. It's like, dang, he's just not afraid to put his shoulder in there and, and take on dudes like Yant and Step. So uh, that'll be fun to watch those guys. And that pretty much wraps up the black shirt side of the ball. Why don't we move on to the one that's probably the most curious side of the ball for all of us because we don't know what this offense is going to be. Almost all the production on the ground is gone, other than Martinez. All the production through the air is pretty much gone because Robinson's out. Uh, and obviously Spielman left the year before, so we've got an entire new crew of wide receivers out there, aside from a couple of guys that were here last year, but uh, none of them have really proven much yet. We've got a totally different-looking wide receiver crew, too, which I'm really looking forward to, but it doesn't matter unless the guys in front can give uh, Taylor. Good Lord, I did what you did last week. You're Um, welcome. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if they if these guys can't give Adrian time or open holes for whoever the hell the starting running back is going to be, uh, the passing game is probably dead in the water anyway. So the guy I'm watching is Bryce Benhart. I think he's poised to really take off and have a good year. That right tackle position is is uh, pretty key. It's not not quite like the left tackle, which. That redshirt freshman who's technically going to still be a true freshman that's on your list. Uh, that left tackle, he's the guy that's got to watch the quarterback's back. So that'll be interesting to watch that show. Uh, but Bryce Benhart, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does. 
seeing if he can, because uh, good God, that play he made in the spring game, if you remember, it was on a called draw play for, for Martinez. And uh, Ben Hart pulls around, comes right up through the middle, and there was like nobody there. I thought it was a tight end because he moved so fast, but it was Ben Hart. <laughs> so it's like, holy cow, this guy can really freaking move. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. And I'm curious about uh, Noelle is his last name. I think his first name is Nori. He was a transfer uh, from Colorado State. And they say he's been kind of moving his way up in that right guard spot. So Hickson or whoever, Sichterman, whoever's kind of leading the way right now, better better watch his back because Noelle's coming. And he's also taking a lot of snaps, too. So that way we've got two or three guys that are taking some snaps behind Jurgens. So that's always a good thing. Not because we think Jurgens is going to screw up, but because, hey, what if he tweaks a knee and he's got to sit out a half? It's good to know you got guys in there that can get that shotgun snap to Martinez. So curious to see to see where Noelle winds up and how often he plays this year, especially with Fordham on the schedule. I'm going to see a little bit of him that day. Anyway, your turn. Yes, with our offensive line, dude, I'm just super curious to see what kind of development that we can have over the long term with how many mm-hmm. how many guys that we've got lining up. I mean, we got Cam Jurgens, Bryce Benhart, you know, new guy and freshman with Henry Latovsky. Um, yes, I think it's Nord, Nordine Nuelli. I'm very curious about that guy. Teddy Prochaska, um, Turner Corcoran. We just have so many guys, Brant Banks, um, yep. just so we, we, we could be very, very deep very soon, um, with these guys. And a lot of them are all freshmen, mm-hmm. redshirt freshmen, sophomores. Actually, I don't even think we have a, oh yeah, yeah. Nuelli is, he's a sophomore. Um, but there's just so many guys to consider on our offensive line and I'm super stoked to see how it all comes together, not only this year, but the following year and moving forward, but who I am curious, or I guess I'm looking forward to watching this year is going to be Cam Jurgens. Um, I'm going to be very, uh, happy if, he, I mean, last year he he finally got his snapping situation sorted out. At least I felt right. like it. Didn't feel like a liability at a certain point. Um, but this year, I mean, if he has it completely locked down and it's never an issue, I'm very very curious to see what kind of uh, force that he can be for offensive line, moving guys around. And giving getting those holes mm-hmm. opened up for for our uh, for our running back room to really get the real estate that they need in order to attack. So I I'm I'm looking forward to watching Cam Jurgens this year, and then who I'm very curious about is going to be Turner Corcoran. Um, I mean, just a big dude, six foot six. Um, he's definitely over three hundred pounds at this point. Freshman from Kansas, uh, mm-hmm. he's just. I mean, he was a high four-star recruit for a good reason. He's a dominating force. He pushes guys around, bullies people, and I just really hope that he can uh, really be a force that can get our running back room where they need to go and then also provide protection for Martinez so that he isn't getting sacked or has an (laughs) unnecessary amount of pressure on him. Um, that he has seen pretty much since he's been here. He's been running around left and right all the time because our offensive line can't seem to have continuity of of consistency right. with holding that line. They got to hold that line. And I think Corcoran is going to be one of those guys, if not this year, moving forward, um, he's definitely going to be a guy that um, we are going to depend on. Um, and he's got a, he's got a really cool number of, of 69. So that's pretty cool. It's nice. (laughs) Nice. Um, so with that, obviously I'm, I'm talking a lot about the running back room. So I suppose let's move forward to the running back room, which is just completely up in the air. There's so many options, so many people that we can talk about, but honestly we have, little to no resume for any of them, extensive resume for any of them to prove their worth to the team. 
Um, I know that it's been said by our staff that running back by committee is no is not going to be our uh, mantra. Um, right. We just want to have two guys. We want to have the go to guy. And then the the backup, who's going to be probably our third down, um, get two, three, four yards consistently. Um, we we've got to have that. We like we said last week. Um, it's it's one of those things where once Burkhead and and um, and Amir Abdullah were gone, it's like you don't realize how much you appreciated such a consistent running back room until it was gone. Um, it was nice that we had a Zigbo, but since then we haven't had uh, a running back room that's been uh, dependable. So for me, the guy who I am uh, very much looking forward to watching, which I've said before in previous episodes, is uh, Jacques Yant. I'm very, yep. very curious. I'm very, I'm not not only curious, but I am looking forward to watching this guy. He looks like. I mean, he's six foot two, two hundred and forty-five pounds. He's a big dude, and he can get up and go. So I am, I just am looking forward to watching him on third down situations or goal line situations where we just need a bruiser back to go in there and pound it into mm-hmm. pound it, just pound it in there. Um, and I think Yant is going to be that guy, and so I'm looking forward to watching what he can do this year for us. Um, and who I'm very curious about is Marquis Stepp. Um, it has been said by our um, staff that he his his healing process has gone way quicker than expected, and that he has mm-hmm. played a part in fall camp. And if he can be that yep. guy that has that experience um, coming from USC. Um, we could really use a guy with experience and in, in game knowledge that we don't really have right now. We have just a bunch of freshmen, um, just a, yeah, just a bunch of freshmen. If I'm looking right now, yep, all freshmen, bunch of freshmen, yeah. uh, sophomore and marquee step, <laughs> and a few uh, redshirt freshmen. We got Cooper Jewett, you know. <laughs> oh, uh, see, everybody's we, young everybody's young um we have essentially a deep running back room we really do but whether or not they can actually produce anything is up in the air but those are my two guys i'm i'm very curious about step and i'm looking forward to watching yant um i know that you have a couple of different guys that more honestly really difficult for me to not mention but since you wrote them down you know let's let's get some <laughs> contrast here so who are the uh, guys that you're looking forward to dad well for me the player to watch and it was so hard and and this is what's interesting neither one of us listed Gabe Urban even though there's a few other podcasts out there that are they're pretty much set that they think he's going to be the guy he's going to be the number one guy I tend to think Savion Morrison might sneak up and snag that number one spot with uh, either Marquis Stepp or Gabe Irvin kind of sitting in that number two slot. So I'm looking forward to watching what Savion does because he's never really been completely healthy. Um, They obviously didn't have a full fall camp or a spring or anything last year. All these kids came in trying to figure out how to play the game of football and run Frost's offense with almost no experience in it a lot of the guys that were on the field last year so Savion has got a lot more experience I thought he looked solid in the spring game I think he's the most complete back out of everybody because he can do it all he can pass block he can because coach Frost mentioned that the other day in the press conference that all five guys that they've been rotating are really good at blocking on on uh, linebackers and whatnot so that includes guys like Gabe Urban which is Pretty impressive for an 18-year-old kid, but uh, I'm looking forward to watching what Morrison does, whether he starts or not, and I'm really curious to see how Marvin Scott reacts if he's not on that too deep, if he's in that third or fourth slot and not looking at too much playing time. Is he going to be willing to stick his nose out there on special teams and contribute to the team, or is he going to just kind of sit on the bench and sulk? I don't know the kid. I don't know for sure, but, you know, Frost, he came in with a lot of high praise from Frost that he was the most physically gifted and physically prepared to play. And then COVID kind of took him down last year. 
and he never really fully recovered enough to play any significant time. So I'm curious about Marvin Scott. And I guess the wild card we could both mention is that what happens with Gabe Irvin? You yeah. know, if I were to say uh, if there was a running back that Nebraska's had in the past that he reminds <laughs> me of, he reminds me a lot of Roy Kalu because he's smooth. Oh, yeah. He's he is smooth, very smooth when he gets to the hole and then he accelerates extremely fast. So uh, Gabe Irvin would definitely be the wild card in that room. And I think those four guys that we have listed are probably going to be four of the five, or at least four of the five. And, and Gabe Irvin's going to fit in there somewhere. Hey, Dad. So, um, yeah. I was going to ask, what do you think Ramir Johnson? Like, do you think that he's going to even participate? Does, is, is he going to finally break out of that rotational nightmare? Because um, I know he's been here for a while. And he's got yeah. to he's got to have some sort of presence on our team. He has too much talent. He's too fast, like to not be utilized. Do you think we'll yeah. see him more this year than we have previous years? I hope so. Um, I do too. He's got I really he's do. really got to get into that at least that top three rotation because they really want to find the bell cow and that guy to spell him. And uh, my guess is what they want to do is they want to have the. You know, somebody like a Gabe Irvin or a Savion Morrison that runs the ball between the 20s. And then once you get in the red zone, they want like a step or a yant that's ready to do the hard work. Um, where the hell Ramir Johnson fits into that, I don't know. He's he's still pretty small. I mean, he's put on a little bit of weight, but hes I don't think he's built to play amongst the trees, so to speak, that are in the Big, big Ten. So we'll see what happens with him. Um, I don't hear any rumblings at all that he's dissatisfied and that he wants to leave. The only reason yeah, he, he would have played in the spring now. was because he was hurt. So um, we'll see. We'll see where he fits in. I hope he's been, I know he's one of the guys that's been trying out for punt return and kick return too. So who knows whether he plays a whole lot of snaps at running back or not, if he's willing to stand up, go out there and return some kicks and things like that, that, that certainly punt block team i mean there's all kinds of places he could go and contribute yeah if i um, were to see if i were to see him fitting a role specifically or to compare him to somebody would be if maurice washington was still here um Ramir johnson reminds me right. of maurice washington maybe not as 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 lucrative with his with his agility but I don't know if if he if they could utilize him in the same way that they did Washington. Obviously, out of necessity, they played Washington yeah. too much. But uh, that's the only thing I can really compare him to would just be that that secret weapon that can wheel out from the outside with some trickery going on, and he gets the ball and hits the seam and is off to the races. That's where I could see yeah. him best playing his part. Um, but I yeah. could see him fitting a role if if Frost and company have any film, and I'm sure they have plenty of film from the years when Tim Beck was our our offensive coordinator and he instituted that diamond formation. Okay. I could see a spot for Ramirez and something like that where you've got three running backs around um, Martinez, or you come out with two and then you motion somebody like a Samari Torre or a Xavier Betts into that other running back spot and do some things like that. I mean, yeah, I could see Ramir doing any kind of, he could move to that Huskar spot without too much trouble because he is slippery and extremely fast. So I could see him lining up at running back and then motioning out and, you know, into like a five wide set or something like that. Um, but we really kind of need to move on because we're, Yep. rocking and you're fixing the bid on a Miata. So I want to make sure you can do that. <laughs> a Hot Wheels Miata. You know, we got to get some clarity. Miata. Okay. I was just making sure it wasn't one that needed a garage. It just needs a box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just needs, it needs a spot on my wall and that's all it needs. <laughs> so wide receiver is probably, while running back is one of those that you're wondering, you know, there's some dudes in there that have got some experience and we've yeah. got some guys with some experience in the wide receiver room, most notably Samari Touré, just from his time at Montana, uh, setting the playoff receiving yardage record, 
his last year there um, before they did spring football this last year. So he didn't even play. He hasn't played since his junior year or sophomore mm-hmm. year or whatever it is. So he's my player to watch, Samari Torre. I think uh, just from what everybody has said, the fact that he has come in as a professional, he's worked hard, and that the entire wide receiver room is looking to him says a lot about what kind of kid he is and how hard he's worked. Uh, and then I'm curious about Xavier Betts. We saw the flashes, especially in that Penn State game of the kind of speed and smoothness he brings in athleticism. Uh, can you imagine this first play of the game against, mm-hmm. you know, Illinois? You see Omar Manning, Smari Touré, and Xavier Betts run out on the field. With, oh, you know, oh my God! Say a Savion Morrison backing up behind, you know, Adrian Martinez. Just athleticism and speed everywhere. He's just got to get there. So, uh, but at this point, I would say he's not running out as a starter. It's probably going to be somebody like one of your guys. But um, man. That would be a lot of damn fun to watch those three guys on the field knifing knifing up a defense. What's your guys? Um, the guy that I am going to be watching this year, like I think all of Husker Nation is looking forward to watching, is going to be Omar Manning. I mean, he's just a he's built like a brick snot house. A uh, huge dude, six foot four, two hundred twenty five <laughs> pounds. He's a presence. He is a presence. Um, and I just right. really hope that he can produce something of value this year and that yeah. specifically his mental health. I, I just am super um, – I'm just super positive that he is um, – Getting his getting his headspace cleared and and ready to go. I think that Nebraska is probably the best environment for him to find yes. his way mentally, and that he can get get the get the mental health that that he needs um, to be positive and to not let those negative emotions overcome him. I I know how that is. I know how that works, and so right. just I'm, I'm rooting for the guy more so on that on that playing field more than anything. Um, he, he just needs to get, um, get some consistency going. And if he can do that, oh my gosh, the positive emotion that he's going to get from being the guy on our offense is just going to be unstoppable. Um, I mean, he's just, (laughs) oh my gosh, you can't say it enough. He just looks intimidating. He's just, his arms are freaking huge. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him this year, if he can play a, a, a significant role on our wide receiver group. And then the guy that I'm very curious to see this year is going to be Oliver Martin. Um, I just, like you and I discussed before we started recording, I think he has a Jordan Westerkamp type of dependability, but he's obviously much quicker on his feet, incredibly mm-hmm. fast dude and has just i yeah. mean he's a smart guy he's a smart guy i think if if there's anybody on the uh on the on the wide receiver roster that has the most competence when it comes to studying the playbook i think oliver martin mm-hmm. is that guy i mean shoot he transferred and within a few months he was already playing consistent playtime with our lucrative uh playbook so that Right. That tells you anything. I mean, he's just a guy that is clearly competent. So I'm curious to see what kind of role he can play this year on our yep. wide receiver group. And yeah, there's just many guys that we could talk about, but um, those would be the uh, guys that I am looking forward to seeing this year. You yep. know, I, yes, Samari Torre, that's another guy I had, I struggled with not um, mentioning, but since you had him, I was like, well, we'll just cover all the bases here. Um, yeah. Uh, honorable mention would be Alante Brown. I'm just very curious to see what, what homeboy can do yeah, for our team. Yeah, that'd be kind of the um, wild card for me too. Yep. Yep. But let's move forward to the tight end position. Uh, for me, who I am, I'm looking forward to watching this year is going to be Travis Volkolek. Um, from what I've heard from our our staff is that he and uh, and Austin Allen are just a perfect dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. They both have a presence. They're both tall. They're both big. They both have the the roster or not the roster. <laughs> they both have the playbook pretty much locked down. Um, so and I yeah. mean our offensive staff have said that they are going. Uh, who's the uh, new offensive coordinator that we have? Um, Matt Lubick. 
Matt Lubick, yes, he he came out and said that they want to have the Titans more involved with the with more playbook usage. So yes. I am very curious to see um, what Volkolek can do this year, and who I'm actually curious to see. I right. keep using curious interchangeably, so that's got to be confusing. It's but, all good. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm just curious all around. Uh, curious George over here, but. Uh, who I am curious to see what kind of uh, role that he can play in our tight end room is going to be James Carney out of Roka, Nebraska. Um, I think that at six foot five, 230, 245, 230, 240 pounds, um, and with his high praise of, of development, his senior year of high school, um, yeah. I, I think that they could probably use him in a few very particular roles. Um, out on the field during certain situations. So I'm very curious to see how they use him, if they even use him this year. If they don't, whatever. But if they do, I'm just very curious to see how they do so. And that's kind of sure. that's kind of how how I'm looking at the uh, the tight end room. I kind of wish that we, I, if Fedoni was a uh, 100% healthy, I know both you and I would have had him on our list. But certainly, yeah, absolutely. Oh yes, one hundred percent. I I would be curious about Fedoni if he can get uh, healthy, but I don't know if that's gonna happen. But what are you what are you thinking about with the tight end room, my dad? Well, I'm I'm going with uh, Travis Vokalek's partner in crime, Austin Austin Allen. I think mm, he's going yes. out there first. Come uh, come the first game of the season, of course. Uh, he's Pretty vocal leader. He was one of the guys that was selected to go to Big Ten Media Days along with Ben Stilley and Cam Taylor-Britt. So, you know, he's got the respect of his teammates. And, uh, yeah, he's due He's due a good year, and I think he'll have one. I think he's NFL tight end. I think Vocalek's the same. There were NFL scouts at the open practice a few days ago, and they were spending most of their time watching the tight ends. So I have a feeling we will spend a lot of time watching the tight ends run open down the field and catch footballs. If the D offensive line can keep Adrian upright. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to watching Austin have a big year, and I am curious to see what kind of year a guy like Chris Hickman could have because he got moved to the wide receiver room last year, and then uh, with the injury to Fedoni, He's in there now, and uh, he's made some plays in fall camp from what I've seen and heard, like a 70-yard touchdown the other day, and I know they were yep. just in helmets helmets and shorts, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, Chris Hickman definitely is – he's gotten bigger. He's gotten stronger. He's gotten faster. Hell, everybody has. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what little bit – because 90% of these guys that we're talking about right here for Curious, along with all the walk-ons and all these other guys, they're going to get a ton of playing time against Fordham. They just oh, are. Yeah. We're going to – our starters are going to be done midway through the second quarter, maybe. So these guys are going to get a lot of time. We're going to get a really good idea of what they can do. Granted, it's against Fordham, but you you can't – you can't simulate game reps in practice. I don't care how hard you scrimmage. It's not the same thing. So these guys are really going to get somewhat of a baptism by fire once they get to Fordham. Um, so, yeah, that's my tight ends that I'm curious about. And then, of course, we got to finish up with quarterback, and we both have the same guy on the watch list because, hell, he's mm -hmm. QB1. Why wouldn't we want to watch him? And that's Adrian Martinez. We could probably park here for the rest of the podcast just for the sake of answering all the questions or wondering how many questions he's going to answer this year. And um, based on what just about everybody else has said, he's in a good headspace. He's making good decisions. He's quicker. Uh, he's obviously shed weight. He looked faster in the spring game than the other two quarterbacks. I think part of that was those were called runs for him in the spring game, whereas I don't think they called any runs for Harburg or Smothers. Those were scrambles. Uh, so at least when I rewatched the spring game, that's what it looked like to me. Uh, but Martinez is definitely quicker, more decisive, and he's definitely my quarterback to watch this year because he's going to take all the snaps. I'm curious, though, what the rest of the depth chart looks like. Is And my curious selection is Heinrich Harburg. Is he going to be that number two guy? Or is he, he uh, or when that first depth chart comes out, is it going to be L. Smothers or Heinrich Harburg? Because they really can't figure out which one is which at this point. Uh, because they both bring strengths to the table. Harburg's got the better arm. 
Smothers is the better runner. But Harburg's six foot five, he can see over those trees blocking in front of him, whereas Smothers is that what, six one, six two? A little yeah. different. So um curious about Harburg. What do you think about uh Adrian's play this year and, and your curiosity? Um, yes. I'm looking forward to watching Martinez and oh there goes my alarm. Like There's I said, it was gonna go out of time. Yep, I got a minute and forty seconds left on this bid here. I'm I'm bidding at a at a high dollar amount of one dollar, so we'll see how this turns out. Um anyway, so with Martinez, yes, he's in a better headspace. He just I think he's really gonna live by the mantra of he's got nothing to lose and go all out. And I'm just Yeah. Oh, I want nothing but the best for the guy. I want him to have just an outstanding and stellar season like I think all of Husker Nation wants him to have. Um, and I really just, I mean, I just want to be so vindictive to the haters that have just been on Martinez's ass this whole this whole time he's been here. Um, yeah. I want him to break out of that, <laughs> that vicious cycle. And yeah watch a bunch of people either shut up or jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, I don't care yeah. either way, as long as Martinez has a good year. Like you said, he's slimmed down, he's quicker, he seems to have a more decisive uh headspace. And I just really hope that that plays out on the field. And I'm I'm yep. just crossing my fingers and hoping that it, it plays out well. Um yeah, I can't <laughs> I can't say much else about it other than just come on Martinez let's go let's get some games won um <clears throat> and redeem some of the uh, mental errors that he has had over the years and who I'm very curious about would be Logan Smothers. Uh, I really think that he is going to end up playing a significant role in our quarterback room regardless of Harburg's uh possible ceiling here at right um at Nebraska, but I still think that Smothers, I mean, he's the same height as Martinez. He's a little bit smaller, but God, I mean, the dude has got wheels like Taylor Martinez. He can just yeah. go. And if we can find a way to utilize him for uh, um, an option style offense in these upcoming years, um, I think he can, I think he can really, really get up and go metaphorically for our offense. And, yeah, I mean, Harburg, I'm super curious to see how, how he plays out in, in the long run here at Nebraska. I mean, Carney, Nebraska native, I mean, he's got to do something for us. But I still, I don't know, I just kind of have a soft spot in my heart for Smothers. I really yeah. I really like his soft-spoken, just like... Uh, humble leave kid. It on, yeah, he's a humble kid, and he just leaves everything on the field, so... I'm curious to see what he can do this year. Lord yep. willing that it's just in the sense of of we are shaving off time at the end of the fourth quarter at any given game. Um, I hope that it's not due to injury um, that he's on the field. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what he can. Maybe there's some playbook uh, trickery that Frost has up his sleeve. Um, some of those plays like he had for McCaffrey. Yes, yes. I think Smothers get, can get very his much, legs involved. Yep, very much play that role. Um, but I really think that that's. I, I mean, yeah, we could sit here and talk about it forever. But um, I guess we're just gonna, for whatever reason, man. When we talk about the quarterbacks, I get the most anxiety because that's our that's our entire team. Like that's our offense rolling. So yeah. Talking about yeah. it is like, oh gosh, I just we've got to have well, even if I we will, were to have a B minus quarterback play, yeah. we would be we would be so much better. Yeah, it's it's one of those where you know you look at 2018. Martinez had a great freshman season. He also had weapons. He had Stanley. He had JD. He had you know he had Devine who came on about four or five games in. He really started coming into his own. He had a solid triple-headed attack besides himself on the field with him at any given time, and he has not had that since. We're hoping that Omar and Samari and one of the running backs emerges and becomes that triple-headed attack along with himself so he doesn't have to be the leading rusher on the team. That would be really big. 
And, uh, you know, he said on his podcast one time, he said he was in a bar, a grill, eating with his buddies or something from the team, and some girl came up to him because she was sitting with some friends that went to school at UNL, and she came up to him and said, why do you suck so bad, you know, kind of deal. <laughs> he told a story on a podcast. I'm laughing, and he's like, I'm sitting there looking at this girl, and I looked over, and there's all these guys over at the table she came from just laughing. So he says, I just looked at her and says, you can go over there and tell those boys they can f*** off, and you can too <laughs> while you're at it. <laughs> Holy s***. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, oh, so he's got quality. a pretty good head on it. He's got a good head on his shoulders. But, uh, yeah, I mean, special teams are important. You know, uh, that's still another question mark on this team. Oh, it's good gosh. to know that we don't have a special teams consultant anymore. We actually got a dude that's been really good at it for many years in Mike Dawson, yep. who's heading that up. And then you've got Becton and those guys. So, you know, we know Culp is on the Groza Award watch list as the best kicker kicker in the country. I think he finished second last year as it was. So we're pretty good there. We know we're going to make field goals for the most part. We're hoping we come up with a kickoff guy. Is it going to be Kellen Meyer from Ord who's got a giant leg? Um, not physically, you know, that would look weird. But <laughs> he can kick the shit out of the football. And then uh, the other question for me is, is it going to be Pristop again punting or is journey going to get healthy enough and actually kind of be that next version of sam fultz but with aussie style punting he can do it all he can punt standard he can do that run to the side and kick it aussie style and all that kind of stuff so and then the return game there's been a lot of guys from what i've heard from reports from fall camp a lot of guys auditioning for punt returner and a lot of guys auditioning for kick returner like 30 players showed up to try out for kick return but really, is anybody going to totally challenge Taylor Britt for the job at punt returner? But he's also been running some kick returns. So uh, seeing how that all shakes out is going to be a lot of fun, I think. And I think special teams, if we can just average 40 yards a punt, that would make a huge difference in field position. And if we could get 50% of our kickoffs in the damn end zone instead of 35, you know, that just makes it so much easier on the defense. So. Uh, here's hoping special teams is better. And that pretty much wraps up our season preview as far as the players are concerned. So we're just going to jump into our fun facts segment, which is not going to take too long. It's food. We like food. God knows. Um, and I think, Scott, you're kind of the the, the spearheading this. So uh, go ahead with your... What is it? A rant? Is it a? Oh, uh, it's just a. It's a. It's a point <laughs> of of existential angst. Honestly, um, that <laughs> I have a certain culinary desire that can't be fulfilled here in the lowly state of Nebraska. Um, but first, mm -hmm. my first fun fact is I did win the bid on a Hot Wheels Miata, so that'll be added to my collection. Very Sweet. stoked. I got it for five bucks with shipping and handling included, so that was a good nice. deal. Yeah, yeah. Congrats, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, I was pretty stoked about that. But um, yeah, I'll just uh, go right into it. And so when I lived in North Carolina, I lived in North Carolina for two years because of where I was stationed at in the Marine Corps. And one of the cultural um, icons that I had the pleasure of uh, indulging in would be the illustrious food chain of Bojangles. And mm -hmm. ever since I moved from North Carolina, Bojangles has been very distant from my life and with <laughs> very much seldom and uh, hurtful feelings because I just, man, I miss those chicken strips. They had just an incredible, I mean, they had yeah. pretty good biscuits too. Yep. Um, and, they had probably, I mean, if you go to any chicken restaurant, whether it's Popeyes or, um, or uh, you know, uh, shoot, I'm just like blanking on all of them. You go to uh, Popeyes or Chick-fil-A or, um, oh man, I'm just like totally blanking on every single one. They KFC. all have really, yeah, KFC or um, uh, 
Raising Cane's. There we go. That was the one that I couldn't think of. They all have really good sweet tea, but I don't know, man. Bojangles sweet tea was just, yeah. it was unmatched. They had that, you had like that perfect balance of like really sweet syrupy type mm-hmm. sweet tea, but it also had that, it had a really stout tea flavor to it as well. Strong tea. Yeah, it was strong. Yes. It was yummy. Yeah. It is so good. And um, I just haven't had it in a while. And so fun fact about me is that I love Bojangles and I can't have it here in Nebraska. But my wife and I are contemplating moving to Florida in the next few years um, and kind of looking into doing that um, before we're 30. Yes, yes. We're actually like seriously considering it at this point, Um, looking at like places to live and and school uh, systems that my wife could – find herself in and maintenance jobs that I could possibly hop onto and whatnot. So if I move to Florida, there will be Bojangles for me there. So I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that that can, that that can be (laughs) a desire that I can fulfill. Um, but that's a fun fact about me, Bojangles for the win. And what about you? That would be, I, I love Bojangles too. Whenever I'm down South, if there's anything truck parking, Walmart, whatever. If I see a Bojangles and there's any kind of a decent parking lot next to it, I'm stopping. So my only thing is I, I like Popeye's biscuits better. Uh, that's just me though. Uh, though their biscuits, if you order more than one, they probably should come with a defibrillator. Uh, oh yeah. Good Lord. They load them up with butter and salt. So, uh, but yeah, Popeye's biscuits are the freaking bomb. And, um, yeah, Bojangles, good Lord, There's... their spicy chicken is like fried crack. It's wonderful. Oh, it's so good. Got... They have a perfect, like, spice to breading ratio that just, yes. it just soothes the soul. Yes. And they're so sweet. Good. Like you said, their sweet tea is really, really good. It's way better than Popeye's or any of the other places just because it has such a good tea flavor. This little restaurant here at this truck stop I'm parked at here in Edgerton, Wisconsin, They've got a sweet tea that's kind of the same. It's not overly sweet, but it's got a really nice, mellow, but strong tea flavor. So I drank like <laughs> four glasses of it while I was eating my omelet this afternoon. So I was, uh, really good. I, I was just going to say fun, uh fun thing that I did recently and my wife kind of shook her head and was like, really? Really? <laughs> um, I did go to Walmart with her the other day and I bought six gallons of that Milo sweet tea. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there was like, I think 10 gallons in the refrigerator and I got six of them. And... You're set for a day or two. <laughs> oh yeah. Hopefully, hopefully not. I, my blood sugar would just skyrocket, oh, but yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually sipping on some right now with, with uh, some Milo sweet well, tea, but that yeah. And Popeye's. Pretty awesome. Popeye's, yeah. Popeye's, Popeye's, uh, Popeye's mm-hmm. uh, chicken sandwich is definitely... Uh, oh, dude, it's it's the it bomb. Is, it's really it is good. So good. I don't care anybody that says it's underrated. I'm like, you just don't like chickens. You you're like one of the motherfuckers that goes to McDonald's and gets your like two crispy chickens. And you're like, that's my favorite chicken sandwich. And it's like, eat it. You gotta I've go. Tried get... it. It's decent, but it's not a Popeye's chicken sandwich. No, new crispy it's... chicken's pretty good. The Chipotle oh, one's it is. really good. But oh, they're they're uh, good. They just it just doesn't hit. It's it doesn't not Popeye's hit like... or it's not. A Chick Fil A sandwich. Oh yeah, Chick uh, Number Two so, Deluxe is like all oh, right. Chick Fil A. I mm. think we've made myself, yourself, and the rest of the people listening, all twelve of them, <laughs> sufficiently hungry. Uh, so that's pretty much it, folks. That wraps up episode seven, and that's an awesome thing because most podcasts don't usually get past episode seven. And guess what? Episode eight's coming because. Husker Cuzcast wants to talk with us and do a podcast with us. So that's awesome. And then you've got nine coming when we will preview somewhat the Illinois game, then also give you our game predictions for the entire season as we revisit the Straw Hat segment from uh, episode one, Springboard. If you haven't listened to any of our previous episodes, you can find them, all of them listed right there on the front page at genredpod.com. And, of course, there's links to subscribe as well. So that pretty much wraps up this episode. We really appreciate you all listening. He's Scott. Mm -hmm. I'm Ken. Together, we're the Generation Red Podcast, here to remind you that Iowa's corn sucks. 
and go Big Red! And there's no place like Nebraska. (laughs) Talk to you (laughs) next time. You can subscribe to our show on all the major platforms, such as Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and many others. To help other fans find the show, please use your preferred podcast app to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review. Our website is genredpod.com, where you can listen to the show in your browser or use the provided links to subscribe. You can also follow us at GenRedPod on both Facebook and Twitter, and by searching for the Generation Red Podcast on YouTube. For all other questions, comments, or suggestions, please send them to genrpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Stay sweet and salty, and go Big Red. <laughs>